Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. We've got a special edition uh, this week. We have a holiday edition. We're going to have a trivia contest about uh, general soccer knowledge. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Kartik Krishnayar. Kartik, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How about you? Uh, really, really good. This is one of my favorite times of the year, so I cannot complain. And Kyle, how are you doing? Doing well. Good to be back on the podcast. All right, guys. So before we get started with the trivia football uh, trivia contest, and this is something, too, that listeners can join in and play. I had a thought this morning, Kartik and Kyle. I was thinking to myself, what would, like, say, the holiday season, basically kind of in late uh, December through till early January, what would it be like if we didn't have English soccer? Because for me, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's one of the joys of the holidays. I get to watch... Um, more games than usual usually um but if we had if we didn't have those games what would the holiday season be like for you guys well for me i'm not a huge holiday person so this is the holidays for me it's basically watching every match from uh the premier league the championship it allows me to watch keep an eye on league one and league two and quite honestly um this is something that maybe i'm I'm ashamed to admit um I, I feel stretched thin and I feel burnt out a lot when I'm watching football during the rest of the year because there are too many competitions to follow. I feel like I'm negle- if I watch too much of the Premier League one weekend, I'm neglecting Serie A. If I'm watching too much of the Bundesliga, I'm neglecting La Liga. I feel uh, uninformed, right? And I'm mi- missing MLS or if I'm watching too much U- USL, I'm missing MLS. So I, I feel misinformed. This is the one time of the year I feel like I'm dialed in. I'm on top of everything going on. And I'm able to watch everything. And in fact, uh, you know, the postponements this year have been, uh, I think, especially hard on me because my holidays are watching English football, basically. That's, that's what I do. What about you, Kyle? Uh, what do the holidays mean to you? And, and is, does uh, soccer become a big part of it? Um, I wouldn't say it becomes a big part of it. I think soccer is always going to be a big part of it. I think the one thing for me is that, you know, my whole family, we all kind of get together, which we have, I have a big family. I have two brothers and a sister. And we all played and watched soccer growing up. So it's the only time of year, really, that we're able to watch soccer together, which is something that we used to do pretty much every weekend growing up. But now that we're all working in different places, going to school in different places of the country, it's just a, a good opportunity for us to come together and do something that we used to do all the time as kids. 
Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that too, Kyle, because uh, so f- you mean we're recording this on Thursday, uh, the day before uh, New Year's Eve, and uh, over the Christmas holidays, I spent some time with uh, my family and my in-laws and, and my, my parents and my, my whole big family, and. You're right. We actually watched a lot of soccer because, I mean, I would ask them, like, hey, do you mind? I want to put the the game on the television. They're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And so you had people that, you mean, relatives, I mean, uh, in-laws, etc., that usually don't watch soccer at all unless it's the World Cup. And some of the things that came up, which were interesting observations, were one, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, mentioned um, Ted Lasso, and she said, "Oh my gosh, I heard about this uh, this animation episode that just just appeared. Let's go, let's, let's watch it right now." And she watched it. She was laughing. She was like, "Oh, this is great." And afterwards, I I, I know she's not a soccer fan. I, I know she doesn't watch watch soccer, but I asked her. I said, "Like so, like watching Ted Lasso, does that make you want to watch soccer, or kind of get are you more interested in soccer because of that?" Because she's like hardcore, hundred percent Ted Lasso fan, zero percent soccer fan, and she said, "Yeah, a little bit." She said that it makes me more aware of it and reminds me of it. And um, my parents, uh, who are Latin American, uh, watch soccer often, so yeah, it, it makes me more it makes me appreciate it. But she's not going out, going to go out and watch the Premier League. Um, so, so I think there's a large Ted, Ted Lasso audience. That might gravitate slowly to watching soccer, but it's not like okay, you watch Ted Lasso, and now you're watching the Premier League every single day of the week. The other thing too is just like I mean, just we're watching uh, with my in-laws. I think um, Manchester United against I can't even remember which game it was, but they were just, Newcastle must have been. Yeah, it was the Newcastle the game, game, which is which is a great game, a fantastic game. And uh, they were just like, kind of just noticing uh, Ronaldo's like kind of temper, like, and they were asking like, "Is he always like this?" And I said, "Well, he's kind of he's a has an ego. He's a, he's a you mean a winner. He doesn't like to lose. So you mean tempers flare." And then uh, Edson uh, Cavani, they were like, "Wow, this this guy's like really a, like really kind of like a, a fiery character." And, and yeah, I was like, yeah, I was explaining, okay, all right, the red team is Manchester United and Newcastle are second from bottom in, in the league. And they were like, wow, this is great. You got uh, kind of, a, well, not top of the table, Man United, but like top six Man United against kind of almost bottom of the table, Newcastle. Um, so so it's, it is interesting. So for me, and I'm sure for a lot of listeners too, it is an opportunity to kind of talk about the game with people and share the game with others that normally we wouldn't be sharing it with. We would be sharing it with our partners or you know, our family, but, but not the big family, so to speak. All right. So today, what we're going to do, listeners and Kyle and Kartik, we're going to have a soccer general knowledge quiz. And the way this works is I have 10 questions. So I'm going to go, uh, first question, I'm going to go to Kyle if Kyle is unable to answer the question, it goes to Kartik. Uh, and then the next question will be Kartik's. And then if Kartik can't answer it, it'll, it'll go to Kyle. Uh, you get one point each for each correct answer. And, uh, and listeners, too, you can play along with this, too, and see how many points that you get. All right, gentlemen. I hope you've uh, got your... Uh, well, actually, and, and one more uh, <laughs> note. No Googling. <laughs> no cheating. <laughs> right? So this is all done live uh, in Kartik and Carl. Thank you for participating here. All right, guys, let's get started. First question will go to Kyle. All right, Kyle. 
Who's the current starting goalkeeper for Barcelona? Well, it's a good question because I think of all the Barcelona players, he's the one that gets the most uh, flack on Twitter just because people criticize him for standing still. And that would be none other than Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, who, ha- who was great over the last five, ten years. Not ten years, but five years. And this year he's just looked a ghost of his former self. All right. Good job. Good job, Kyle. All right. So starting off easy, relatively easy. All right, Kartik, question for you. What is the name of the Manchester City goalkeeper who broke his neck during the 1956 FA Cup final and continued playing for the rest of the match? None other than the legendary Bert Troutman, who was one of the few non-British players in uh, English football at the time uh, and uh, uh, could have died. During the game, actually, Chris, believe it or not, as they found out later. Correct, correct. And, yeah, the, the strange thing about this, well, not strange, but when you think of, um, you mean, the speed of the game and that happens today and how many injuries we, we see. And you mentioned this, Kartik, in, I think, last week's um, video show that you did with uh, Simon Evans and, and Kyle, which we also released as a podcast, talking about how many players are getting injured in the first 10 minutes of Premier League matches and getting substituted. And meanwhile, we have a, I mean, a goalkeeper who, who broke his neck during the FA Cup final and continued playing. Carter, uh, going back in, in history here, did Troutman know his, the extent of his injuries, or did he just kind of adrenaline and shrugged it off and, and just kept on playing? I, I don't believe he did know the extent of his injuries, and it was only revealed after the game, and, and they were a lot less... Uh, fitness conscious and injury conscious in those days. So uh, I, I think he, uh, uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I believe um, they didn't really know until um, Prince Philip, uh, who just recently passed away, right, gave Troutman, if I recall, his his winner's medal. And they and it was Prince Philip who, who noticed he was, he was hunched over, he couldn't, couldn't walk straight. Um, so that was why that would have been like 15, 20 minutes after the match. All right, gentlemen, the questions are going to get a little bit harder from here on in. Uh, next up is Kyle. Okay, Kyle, which is the only club in the top four English and Scottish divisions with the letter J in its name? Oh, I feel like this one that I should know. Letter J. Ooh. Kartik, I feel like this is a question that you would know right off the bat that I'm just blanking on. I, I like you, uh, Kyle. I maybe I should know it. Maybe you should know it. Maybe we'll both say, "Oh, right," when Chris tells us. But uh, I I'm can't just trying to make sure there's not a club that's like in the Champions League every year because that would be embarrassing. Yeah, it's not Juventus. Right? They're, <laughs> not, they're not in, uh, in England or Scotland. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, so that one is Saint Johnston. Oh from Scotland is the only club in all top four uh, in the top four English and Scottish divisions with the letter J in its name. So, all right, no points for either of you there. <laughs> Hopefully listen, listeners, maybe there's someone out there that, that got that one. That's a really tough one. All right. And next up then is Kartik. Kartik, true or false? Ronaldo and Messi are born 869 days apart. And so are their sons. True or false? Uh, 869 days would be two and a half. Yeah, yeah I guess they are. I'm going to say yeah, true. I'm just going to guess their sons are as well. 
Correct. You got that one right. So, all right. So, Carter gets another point here. All right. Next up is Kyle. Which country was the only unbeaten team in the 2010 World Cup? Was it A, Spain, B, Netherlands, C, Germany, D, New Zealand, or E, Mexico? Well, I know it wasn't Spain. I know they lost their first game. Um, I'm just trying to think if the Netherlands lost on their run to the final. Um, I'm going to say the Netherlands. I feel like they're a team that you expect, and obviously they went to the final that year. I feel like they're a team that you would expect to at least go to or force a draw in their group stage games. And obviously they didn't lose any of their knockout stage games except for the final, which was... That is incorrect. Kartik. Uh, unfortunately uh, for Kyle, I know the answer to this because it's one of the trivia questions I always use to stump people. It's New Zealand. Ah. Believe it or not, they drew every match. That's correct. That's correct. And, and that's one. That's definitely one that um, is surprising, right? When you think of like the only unbeaten team in the 2010 World Cup, it was New Zealand. But they had didn't they have a bunch of nil-nil draws? It was like but yeah. in the first round, in the first and, group. And you, and you know who the only unbeaten team in the 2006 World Cup was? This is also surprising. Ooh. I don't think that's as long as that's not on your yeah, list. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not on the list. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, uh, yeah. Take a guess if you want, or Kyle can take a guess. Also, it's it's equally crazy. Well, I was going to say Italy, but that, that's not a crazy uh, guess. No. So, hmm. Kyle, Jeff. Oh yeah, okay. I guess other than Italy, yeah, that's a good point. They won the tournament. Other, other than that, um, Kyle, do you have any any guesses on that one? I'll just say I don't even know if they were at the World Cup that year, but I'm going to say the Ivory Coast. Uh, it was actually Switzerland, oh. <laughs> because they lost on penalties when they got to the knockout stage, which is a frequent Swiss thing. Actually, they're they're they're, they're the other team that always gets nil nils, right? And, Major tournaments. That's right. All right. So, so, so far, after five questions, uh, Kartik has three, three points. Kyle has one point. And uh, next up, the question goes to Kartik. In 1950, which country did FIFA not allow the country to play in the World Cup because the team wanted to play barefoot? Was it A? That's in. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, in, it's India. Uh, that's right. It's, in, it's India because that's a. Uh, infamous thing in Indian football history that I didn't know about until so I uh, Chris you remember a couple of years ago I went to a game over there and uh, as as media and that was like in the in the press pack <laughs> that random stat which I never would have known about so I, I, it's a little unfair that you gave me that question but yes yeah uh, it was India yeah and and the questions of uh, obviously Kartik and, and Carl uh, have no idea what these questions were and I tried to randomize them as best as possible, but there's going to be some unfortunate. Yeah, that one's definitely one that's uh, probably closer to home for you, Kartik, there. All right, next up, Kyle, true or false? During the 2006-2007 season, Manchester City only scored 10 goals at home. Is that true or false? Hmm. I feel like Kartik's going to know this answer if I get it yeah. wrong, so I feel like I have to get it right. Ten goals at home. Oh, the whole season that's brutal. I just, th- I think I'm just gonna say true, and that's only because I, I'm just taking an absolute guess. I'll be honest here. That's correct. Kart- All right, I needed that. Kart- one. Kart- and, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. And, and I'm surprised. 
yeah, I knew that number, and, and Kyle is right. It's true. I'm surprised it was that high. So, Kyle, if, if, if you're not aware, Stuart Pierce was the manager of Manchester City that year. And every match we played for nil-nil draws. And there might have been a, a match somewhere. I think I remember a game which DeMarcus Beasley actually scored in for City where we won 3-1. And I think there was another game we may have won 2-1, which got us closer to 10. But every match was like nil-nil or 1-0 either way. It was awful. <laughs> Worst football ever. <laughs> to the point where, um, and Chris, you remember this, I was complaining at the time. I'm like, you know, I'd rather just get relegated to the championship and <laughs> yeah. see better football if this is what it takes to stay in the division. And then the takeover happened and the rest is history. But yeah, yeah that was a brutal year. <laughs> that's, that's crazy when you think about 10 goals at home. And Manchester City, in some of the games this season, have probably scored almost, almost 10 in, in, in one game <laughs> at home. So <laughs> what a difference. All right, next question then goes to Kartik. Uh, this is question number seven. And uh, which English soccer club had the largest capacity in, in, in England during World War One and World War Two? Was it A, Arsenal, B, Tottenham, C, Chelsea, or D, Brentford? I know of a game with over... Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I would have guessed it would have been a non-London club. So this is uh, this is uh, tricky. I think I am going to say. It's, I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say Tottenham. All right, Kyle. Chance here to get uh, a, a winning point here. Uh, which English soccer club had the largest capacity in England during World War One and World War Two? Was it A. Arsenal, B. Tottenham, C. Chelsea, or D. Brentford? I'm going to use the same strategy, at least that I would have used had I picked New Zealand. And that's just pick the smallest uh, club or nation. So based on that analysis alone, I'm going to choose Brentford. Oh, unfortunately, no, no. The answer was uh, Chelsea. And they, it was St- really? Stamford Bridge, which had a capacity of 82,000, which Ooh. if you remember uh, Stamford Bridge uh, before it was redeveloped, it was almost like a, almost like a, like a bowl arena. It was just kind of like a large, uh, like it had, it had almost like a, an athletics track around the outside of it. Uh, so much so that uh, I think in the 70s and 80s, they used to park cars along the side of the pitch to promote like, like I don't know, a local car dealer or something like that. All right. Uh, next up is all right. That that was uh, all right. Kyle, right? Kyle's up next. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Who's the current starting goalkeeper for Arsenal? I would hope that it is Aaron Ramsdale um, because he's the starting goalkeeper, is he not? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So we have uh, Kyle with three points, Kartik with four, and we oh. we only have two questions left. <laughs> All right, Kartik. Which English soccer club had a plus 71 goal difference when they won the league in the 2009-10 season? Oh, that's uh that's Chelsea under Ancelotti. Correct. Yes, correct, correct. Now, if I didn't know so many Chelsea fans, I wouldn't be I would have asked you to, you know, you would have given the ABCD, but um, I the Chelsea fans brag about that endlessly, and even in this era of Man City and Liverpool with their swashbuckling style, claim, "Oh, that was the greatest team ever, best team in Premier League history." Totally disregarding everything Man United did before then. So, 
that was a, a little bit of a tap in for me because I hear that over and over again at plus seventy one stat. So what about what about City in previous seasons though? Have they come close in terms of the the goal difference? I don't know. I think maybe in the uh, uh, in the in the uh, eighteen nineteen season because there was a battle with Liverpool that year, and uh, uh, I, I think that there was a, a consciousness of, of goal difference potentially coming into play. It was plus sixty the year. Um, City beat United with the same point total, 89 points that year in the 11-12 season. It was plus plus 60 for City and plus 56 for United. So uh, I don't. I think they probably got to plus 71, right? 17-18 um, or 18-19. But that plus 71 I've heard over and over again from Chelsea fans, who, by the way, many Chelsea fans are very annoying. I, you know, I hope people aren't going <laughs> to be unsubscribed. But, yeah. I, but, I don't know. I, I disagree with that one. I mean, I mean it's definitely – you can take any club, and there's some, a lot of annoying fans. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, City has its fair but Chelsea's, fair annoying fans. Chelsea's got some hardcore fans that have been with them. You mean, whether it's expatriates, but also uh, United States citizens who – have been with Chelsea in America, the supporters group, since the, I think, 2005, 2006, r- r- roughly that period. And then Chelsea kept on coming on the tours almost every every summer. So I think they really built up a really, really passionate fan base there. Yeah, I, I've always said the most annoying fan base for me was always either uh, uh, Crystal Palace, because they were just crazy, or uh, Newcastle, because they had this sense of entitlement. But now I feel sorry for Newcastle. And in the case of Palace, I'm thinking, you know what? Every club should have a supporter space like Crystal Palace. So I've actually kind of flipped my uh, – 10 years ago, I would have said those were the two worst uh, supporter spaces. Now I kind of – they're both endearing to me. <laughs> All right, last question. And uh, Kyle, this is for you. So in what year did World Soccer Talk launch? I believe World Soccer Talk launched in 2005. Yes, <laughs> I was I was hoping you'd get this one right, but yeah, it's either. <laughs> I've, I've done my my fair share of research on the uh, the company that I work for for sure. Okay, awesome, very cool, congratulations. <laughs> so so Kyle, you end up with four points. Kartik ends up with five. Uh, listeners, let, let let us know how many points you got from this one. Um, that's a lot of fun, and it was def- definitely something a little bit different. One of the reasons we wanted to do this too was just really to do something a little bit more fun. And also wish uh, all of our listeners a uh, happy new year and happy holidays. Hopefully you've uh, uh, been able to enjoy this season and I mean, plenty more games coming up soon. What about you, uh, Kartik? Uh, any, any greetings for our listeners? Yeah, uh, ha- have a happy and healthy new year and enjoy uh, the football the next few days. I mean, we've got... We were recording this before Man United Burnley, which we assume will take place. I've been dying to see Burnley the last couple of weeks, right? They they uh, began to play well. Then they had an injury to Cornette, so they lost to Newcastle. And then now it seems like they haven't played in three weeks. So anxious to see what they can do. Um, because honestly, I don't take the table seriously with a team that has four matches in hand, right? People, I hear Rebecca Lowe saying, oh, well, uh, Burnley is in the drop zone, <laughs> four games in hand because of COVID. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. And obviously the uh, Arsenal-Man City being the big match on New Year's Day. And then, Kyle, what about you? And, and also, uh, what's cooking at World Soccer Talk uh, as far as any new, any vi- new videos that are going to be coming soon or any new articles you're working on? 
Uh, Kartik and I are actually getting ready to go record a new uh, episode of the video series. We're going to have uh, Keith Costigan as the uh, special guest we're going to be talking to. I'll, I'll leave the premise up for uh, a little bit of a surprise, but uh, just wanted to say Happy New Year to all the listeners out there, and uh, thank you to them, and also to you, uh, Chris and Kartik, for having me on here and welcoming me to the team this year. Yeah, yeah th- thank you, Carl. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Carl. It's been a, a pleasure to have you on board, and we're looking forward to 2022 being a probably maybe our biggest year yet we've got some big plans in store and of course with it being a world cup year too it's going to be extra special for, for me it's weird though to kartik and, and kyle so my team swansea city haven't played in more than two weeks um and and that game I actually missed which is probably a good thing because uh, we lost against our old manager uh steve cooper at nottingham forest lost 4-1 at home um so it's been almost almost a month since I've watched my Swansea play just because of COVID's reasons, whether it was uh, opposing teams or Swansea. But I think a lot of um, soccer fans are in the same boat too, where uh, not all of us have been able to actually watch our, our team play for quite some time. So hopefully things will get better um, in the coming uh, days or weeks. All right, listeners. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can get a new episode of our podcast uh, every Thursday. And this is the one that we focus more so usually on uh, TV and streaming news. And of course, uh, when Kartik and uh, Kyle do the interview with Keith Costigan, uh, we'll release that on the audio stream, this audio stream too. And uh, we're planning on hope- hopefully having kind of weekly uh, topic discussions uh, similar to the one with uh, Keith and uh, Kartik and Kyle. Uh, in previous weeks, we've had, we've had Simon Evans on board from Reuters um, and uh, also uh, Dave Denholm uh, talking about uh, Major League Soccer and kind of the playoff structure and lots more uh, fun topics to come in the near future. So uh, on behalf of everyone at worldsoccertalk.com, uh, we'd like to wish you and yours a very happy New Year. Cheers. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.